0: Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I have Brandy Falcon on with us. She is from Falcon Healing Arts. She's a licensed acupuncturist, energy healer, shamanic practitioner, um, who helps women experience healing breakthroughs, step fully into their power, and lead deep, meaningful lives. So welcome to the show today, Brandy.
1: Thank you so much for having me here, Andrea. I've been looking forward to this. Okay.
0: So I'm excited to kind of um just dive into all sorts of topics with you, but I wanted to start with ha- embracing kind of the challenge or changes of the seasons. So I kind of wanted Ooh. to start a little bit with the little seasonality because I know, you know, based on your background, you're steeped in the seasons and that yes. seasonal wisdom as well. So how do you kind of personally embrace the changing of the seasons?
1: Um well, yeah, I definitely feel it. I'm definitely sensitive to that, especially since I've been teaching it as well. And so I see it coming. <laughs> I do. I am very proactive with the way I live, it's very intentional. Um, and so, working with the seasons, with the solar cycle, also the moon cycles, and then my own personal cycles. So, it's integrating all of that. That is the way that I live. Um, But seasonally, like here in winter, I was definitely feeling the pull to go inward. Um, I'm still in that stage where I feel like I just want to be still in reflect. Just a lot of reflection, a lot of planning. Very similar to that new moon stage where, you know, it's an emptiness and you're just steeped in it. So I actually love winter, I think, the most of all the seasons. I am a spring baby. So (laughs) I do feel that um, coming very early, like around February. I start acting like, I don't know, this very energetic bunny and kind of go overboard with that. So it is good that I have the wisdom too from Chinese medicine, from Ayurveda, um, and all these practices that help me. Remember that this is still a transition, and I need to be more mindful of making adjustments with my lifestyle, with my diet, and everything.
0: Mm. I love that and the winter. So, have you always loved winter? Like, very rare. Do I have yes. people who are like, I love winter?
1: Yes, yes. I guess <laughs> I'm just now acknowledging it. Um, <laughs> but thinking back, yeah, and I'm getting back into ice skating. I used to be very into it as a teen. So. Yeah, I've been loving the cold, too, here in the California Bay Area, where we don't experience a whole lot. Yeah, it's it's the ice rink where I find it.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. So how did kind of the shamanic healing enter your life? Like, when did that come into play? Um, did Chinese medicine come first? Or what was kind of that order for you?
1: Yes. So this is actually a very long story that I will make short because <laughs> it was really a 20 year journey where I shifted from working in biotech. So I do have a very strong science background. Yeah. I studied molecular biology. So I wanted Did not to be, know that. Yes. I wanted to oh. be a genetic counselor. Um, but had to pay my way through school, ended up working in biotech to facilitate that and stayed there because I was already making money. And I don't know, I I just got really uh, relaxed although I wasn't inspired at all. And it was really good for me to experience that. It was good that I ended up um, burning out my adrenals and getting really sick and wondering if this was what life was about, I knew it wasn't. And it was really the interest in studying life. That's what biology is all about in its essence. It's a study of life. And I had to remember that in those, um, deepest, darkest hours, you know, like winter, what we're talking about now, like I was in my, my season of winter back then thinking so much, like there has to be more than this. There has to be light on the other side. And, um, And that's when I started really questioning what I was doing, um, what my sole purpose was started experimenting. Mm -hmm. I knew that I wanted to help people. I knew that what I was doing in the lab was not helping people. Um, in fact, I feel at this point that it was harming people, the work Mm -hmm. that I was doing, um, with industrial enzymes. (laughs) So, um, Yeah. So different from what I'm doing now, but I gained so much wisdom from it. And I really used that time where I was comfortable with the work I was doing. Like I was making money easily. I used that time to experiment. So I actually became a massage therapist at that point. Um, I then started teaching yoga. So my yoga journey started back then 20 years ago. Uh, That was satisfying for a time, but then I felt like I, even wanted more depth with that. I studied Yin Yoga with Sarah Powers, who you may be mm-hmm. familiar with. Oh, yeah, yep. She talks about Taoism quite often in her um in her classes. And that is where the seed was planted. And I was like, oh my God, like this is a big spiritual awakening for me. And like it was making so much sense that that um, that at that point, that is how I was relating to spirit was with nature and like the seasonal living we were just talking about. It was all making sense and how I was a microcosm of nature and then learned that that was the basis of traditional Chinese medicine. And it was at that point that I quit my job and went to school for Chinese medicine. Um, Now, during that time, it was interesting. When I worked in biotech, one of my friends gave me a Celtic shamanism book because she saw that I was really open. She's like, I feel like you would be really interested in this. (laughs) And I was like, oh, this is interesting. But I was not ready for it at all. It did seem very out there and actually kind of scary to me at that time um, because I was not I was not open fully. Uh, and then my Qigong instructor, after I completed my studies, I was seeing him for treatments. Um, this was, this was actually after I had my son. And um, so quite a while ago still, <laughs> but more recent than that. Um, and he got a vision while he was working with me saying, I feel like you should strongly, explore shamanism. And I took him seriously because I was like, okay, this isn't the first time I've heard this. And then I found out that actually one of my TCM teachers is a shamanic practitioner. So I started taking classes with her through the foundation of shamanic studies and um, studied with her and that organization for quite a while. And I have come full circle. I'm back into Celtic shamanism. I bought that book that my friend gave me and that is my personal practice. Now that is what I'm working through with others. So it has been a journey. It has been like a shamanic journey. <laughs> um, yeah. That is where my heart is now. I, I do still practice Chinese medicine, but I'm more of a, an all-in-one healer at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah. I want I would love to know just because I also blend various, you know, you know, protocols in Ayurveda and I can still pull from my personal training background and yoga and the menstrual cycle in my work. And I mm-hmm. always love it when people have all sorts of background like you do. How do you kind of find you blend that together? And I guess too, even from a business standpoint, how do you present that to people where like, maybe they can understand it? Because I think that's probably the hardest thing for people who have lots of different passions, like both of us, like, how do we present this to the general population who might be like, whoa, this is a lot." Like. Yes.
1: Yes. Um, it has been a challenge. I will tell you that from the business standpoint, and I'm still, I'm still figuring that out. Cause I do feel like I'm all over the place sometimes. Um, (laughs) lately I have been, (laughs) yeah, I, I, yeah, I know you could probably relate, but, um, Yeah, and I've moved away from yoga. I I do feel like a lot of people were relating to me on a very surface level, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to move beyond that. So I have talked a lot more about shamanism and dream work and things that I know people are interested in that they want to hear about um, but I am a very down-to-earth person again from that science background I think that the way I come across is very relatable when I talk about these things so I haven't seen like a huge flux in my email list (laughs) as I've introduced these things Um, in fact on social media I feel like there's even more interest oh yeah And with my clients, um, because I am really open in my holistic healing sessions to all my modalities, most are wanting the spiritual healing these days. They are coming to me for the shamanic healing, but they know that I have the Chinese medicine background, so we could pull that out when we need to. Um, And so with that, with seeing clients, it's more intuitive of what I feel they need and they are quite open to, in fact, um, a few of my recent clients have said, I don't know exactly what I need. I know you could help me. I want this outcome. So mm. we're both comfortable with that. Like, however we get there is fine. Yeah.
0: That makes sense. I mean, that's pretty much how I work too. more the intuitive level of like, okay, you know, you might come with that outcome. And a lot of the times you're not exactly sure how to get there. Right. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, I've had a lot recently Ayurvedic grads who are graduating from programs, they might know like, here's the protocols, but they didn't quite get the, how do I do this for myself? Or how do we right. teach myself? And so that's where I'm finding kind of that influx of like, that we're missing a link or these programs or mm-hmm. you're miss, missing that link where people don't feel comfortable um, putting on the tools for themselves and having that person to kind of help guide you and just be the person to say, yep, yeah, that sounds great. that's That's the right path. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to know too. So this is one that I kind of sometimes often on struggle with, uh, with social media and like productive and, you know, and just, and knowing you, like, how do you find that balance of like, okay, I need to produce, but I also, I need time for myself. I need time to actually do these practices. Like I want to make sure I have time for like casserole packs and my infusions and making the things that I like to make. And then that's how I can kind of teach from. And I know you're very similar in that regards. So how do you personally find that balance?
1: Um, The seasons help (laughs) aligning (laughs) with the energy. Uh, But again, it is a challenge. because yeah i'm feeling that struggle right now i want to be producing content weekly i would love to show up on social media daily and it is just not happening yeah. so i'm giving myself a lot of grace and when i do show up i'm talking about this like mm. i'm i'm telling people this is you know this has been a struggle for me but i feel like this is what we all can be doing right now is just listening to um, or tuning into our, our energy? How are we overproducing? How are we overconsuming? Mm-hmm. Just dial that back. And um, yeah, of course, self-care is, is the basis for everything. Like I can't create if there's nothing to pull from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So acknowledging that, yeah. Acknowledging that within myself, but then teaching that too, to help bring about some understanding so that, you know, others don't have these strong expectations. And oftentimes I think they don't like, Mm -hmm. I feel, sometimes I feel like, Oh, they're waiting for this video to come out and this newsletter to come out when it's like, come on. (laughs) No, I think, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. they have other things they could be doing too, you know, not to devalue what I'm putting out, but we all need a lot more space, I think. So uh that's, (laughs)
0: so important because I think that too, you're like, oh, shoot, Tuesday, that's my newsletter day. If I miss a week, are people going to notice? And then I'm thinking, do I know other people's like newsletter day? No, No, not (laughs) because you get so many emails. You're like, I mean, I love to read certain people's, but I'm probably not going to notice if it wasn't in my inbox for a week. So yeah, all of those things, those stories that we tell ourselves, I want to kind of go down a thread that you had just commented on because I think this applies to everyone, whether they have a business or not is- the consumption of social media and the overconsumption, And I just read an article today about someone said they had to delete. I I tried TikTok by try. I mean, I downloaded the app. I went on there and I'm like, this is not for me. And I deleted it Uh and I decided I'm not going to go down that, that rabbit hole. And I, for myself, those aren't, I don't like reels per se. I'm not consuming videos like that. That's just not what I like to consume. I love people's static pictures and I like to read and I like carousels. And so for me, you know, TikTok was just like, this will do nothing for me. But what I'm hearing is a lot of people are like, I'm on there for hours, just consuming and consuming and watching video after video. And this person had just, you know, written an article about how they had to delete the app because they were on TikTok from when they got off work until the sun would come up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, and they just got sucked in by the algorithm of it. And so I would love to kind of share how are, how, how can you maybe help people get off that overconsumption or even realize that they might be stuck in that like scroll, scroll, scroll. We're looking for something, but we're not finding anything.
1: Yeah. And that's a deep question. (laughs) Like (laughs) how you ended that that's very deep because it is this searching externally for something like trying to fill space and time. Um, And it's, it's an addiction, right? It's very much like, um, well, like using any drug (laughs) to dissociate, I think from what you're feeling, but even related to overeating, it's like trying to fill something and you're not fully feeling actually. Um, and this is a struggle for me too. And this is why I have a really hard time creating on social media because I feel like I need to be on there too and Mm. be consuming. Um, and I don't like the way that feels. And, Mm it's been a long time since I've spent more than an hour. I like for me, it's only like 15, 20 minutes and it's getting to the point where even that feels indulgent. Like that's how it feels. Um, not, not to the point where it's like guilty or I feel that this is bad, but like I feel in my body I'm getting tense or there's just a disconnection. So when I'm noticing that, when I notice that, um, Maybe my posture is too forward. My eyes are bugging out. <laughs> I need to come back to my breath and, like, whoa, like, what am I doing? But why am I here? And asking myself that too? Like, why am I here? It, am I looking for certain content, uh, uh, content or inspiration? Or am I avoiding something? Mm. Like, that's the big question. Cause I think oftentimes a lot of us go on there to avoid something, doing yes. something or, or feeling something. Mm,
0: yes. Yeah. And I, I like to have my, I have my app limit set. So it will like, let me know. I don't know if it's an hour or 45 minutes. It might be at 45 minutes right now. And so I'm pretty quick with like, I don't tend to right now again, because these are all within seasons. Cause sometimes you yeah. are in the season where you just start like scrolling, scrolling, ignore mm-hmm. my app limit. But like right now I'm like, okay, I'm in a good flow of just like popping on really quick. Cause I don't want to like Waste my 45 minutes. Right. And so, if I don't see anything that's like making me, I don't know what I'm necessarily looking for. But I like some people's content that I really like to consume every day. And I'm like, oh, I'll just check out theirs. And then I try to be off and right. not get sucked in. But then there are other days where you're like, and eh, it's a weekend. I got nothing going on. Let me just keep scrolling <laughs> and you get sucked in. And so, it's so easy to kind of see, like, just reminding you're like, okay, why am I here? What am I avoiding? Um, or, you know, do I need to zen out? Like, is this like, I just do need an hour to like just chill out which is totally fine which you know is the pittas you know in Ayurveda right. like you need that relaxing every once in a while yeah but it's just when it becomes a habit it's when it gets a little like okay this is too much
1: that's such a great idea with the timer and you know what you're going what you're looking for when you go on there
0: yeah I try to
1: <laughs> yes I understand. <laughs>
0: So Make kind of sometimes. yes, I guess. So kind of switching gears, I want to kind of, you know, chat about stepping into your own power as you age. Mm-hmm. So this is something that I know that you're personally playing with. And I want to know kind of, you know, what does that mean? And if people are kind of thinking, like, ooh, that sounds delightful. How are you going about that?
1: Um I wanted to. I've been thinking about this a lot and I wanted to flesh it out to be very organized for you. Cause I did know that I wanted to talk about this, um, but it's very much about aligning with my cycle at this point. Um, I am moving more toward menopause and it's a combination of this coming to terms with this aging and about this uh physiological process that's been so much a part of my life ending and what that means that combined with the shamanic piece of power which is it's like the basis of shamanism it's your power is um it's your life force it's also your soul's work mm. and so combining those two is how i'm approaching it it as I'm aging, as I am moving toward these crone years, there is power in that. There was wisdom in it. And so while I am still um, in my mother <laughs> phase, I'm still menstruating. I'm really honoring this time. I'm tracking my cycles. I'm supporting my hormonal health as much as I can. I have been adjusting my lifestyle tremendously, and it's been... I've been needing to rest more. I've been needing to um to act my age really <laughs> too. <laughs> I mean, I am still active. Like I was just saying, I just went back to ice skating, but I'm also stretching the rest of the day. I'm not going overboard with other exercises. Like I'm acknowledging that's enough. Like that's enough. Um, and so giving myself these uh these gentle limits, I guess. And And just being gentle with myself in general is how I'm approaching it. And I don't know, I have a lot of pride in it right now. And also as a healer, like it feels really special to have Mm -hmm. all this wisdom throughout the years that I can share with people. So that's how I'm stepping into it is through this healer role also through this role of being, you know, a mom to a teen, this, this Mm -hmm. older mom and almost a teen he's, he's almost 13, but, um, yeah, it's like a lot of things that I'm feeling right now that is making me just more secure and more solid with where I am in life. Like that's how power is showing up for me. And I love, I was contemplating the title of your podcast, this peaceful power, because a lot of people associate power with being forceful. And I feel, yeah, that it's it's this peaceful embodiment of just being secure with where you are, a a contentment.
0: Oh, I love that. Um, can you talk about, so someone's, you know, heard, maybe you say the word crone and -hmm. they're like, Ooh, I'm not quite sure what that means. Or maybe they have a negative connotation in their head of like, Ooh, I don't know if I want crone energy. Right. Can you talk about, you know, maybe your own experience with it and then maybe defining what crone energy looks like and is.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess I first heard about it by learning about goddess energy. There's a lot of triple goddesses um, in many cultures that many of your listeners have heard about. Um, I'm thinking of Hecate right now. Um, uh, A few others are are not coming to mind. (laughs) Oh, Bridget. Bridget, I think, is another triple goddess. And so they have these different aspects of maiden, mother, mother crone it's embodying this dif- these different periods of our lives as women which all have significance and in our culture we may place more emphasis and value on certain parts while um you know it's it's sad how a lo- a lot of our senior community is is treated. But I feel like we allow that to happen to ourselves too, that we kind of diminish away and just become like this shadow where we can become this more powerful presence to help our culture, to help the world, to help our families. Um and so so yeah, the the maiden period, of course, is is before you're a mother and then the mother period. And then when you stop menstruating, that is the crone period. And, um, you know, it doesn't help that with (laughs) a lot of the images I've seen of crones. Yeah, it is, you know, a haggard appearance of these women. They're stooped over. Like, I don't feel that needs to be the case either. Um, So I am personally rewriting, you know, how that looks. Uh, But I do love the word crone. It just it, it means wisdom to me and I I fully want to embody that and embrace it I don't want it to to um to be like this old uh I don't even like mentioning these words like old haggard uh and in some cases which like that comes along with it um Yeah, just saying that word, I feel like it needed to come out because with Celtic shamanism, it is very witchy, it is very pagan based. And I'm trying to get used to that too, because that may be how I look in a few years that it is this more um, witchy feel that I have to this embodiment of, of this crown that I am, am transforming into.
0: Mm. I love it. And when you were saying like that crone energy and not like diminishing away, the first person I was thinking, I'm like, oh, like Jane Fonda, who's, oh. you know, like in her eighties. And I'm like, uh-huh. she's still out there and, you know, yep. fighting for the planet and fighting right. for people. And, you know, that's kind of what came to me. Cause I'm like, I worked a ton with, you know, seniors and I'm like, and you can see a split. Like I can definitely see a split even within yes. the seniors that I've worked with. I have some who are definitely go-getters. And typically <laughs> it was the ones who have Lived there, maybe they just moved in in their late to mid 80s. And they had said what keeps them young is they have people in their 60s moving in.
1: So these people,
0: you know, they're like a good 30 years older than them. And then what was happening, the 60 year olds were actually starting to, you know, say, Oh, my back and have all these injuries or illnesses that the 90 year olds are like looking around like, I'm doing just fine. I don't need a walker. <laughs> and so it's right. interesting just to kind of see, you know, the dichotomy of like, Oh, wow, like these people are acting what they think in their head is their Yes. Age. But I'm like, you're 65, you're young. Like you right. should still be going for it. I mean, you know, I got my 95 year old still lifting 10 pound weights, you know, like she's like, I'm not slowing down. Right. And so those are just some of the, you know, the, the differences that I've seen just within the population I've worked with. And I can see the crone energy and the split One thing that I want to ask you about that energy is, do you think that everyone, just because they're in their crone years, has that crone wisdom?
1: Yes, I do. I do. Expand. Um, Well, I I think people need to dig. I think everyone needs to dig, um, reflect on the past, learn from the past, uh, I mean, that's what I do with my healing work all the time is coming to terms with the past. So you're moving into the future with more wisdom. And so if you're doing that inner work, then of course you have a ton of wisdom in your crone ears. But it's true that a lot of people don't do that inner work. <laughs> Um, I feel like that is changing. I feel like it's being forced upon us at this point (laughs) to be more reflective and to figure out what our place is in this world, seeing that things need to change and that we can have an impact. Um, so yes, I feel like it's available to everyone, whether everyone is really embracing it, um, is another thing. So no, and I feel like, um, I wanted to say, no, I don't think it's just women. I feel both men and women don't fully embrace their power as they age. And that's one case where I feel like it's been allowed almost maybe because retirement, some people just think that they, they can stop and rest where I feel like there still needs to be action. Like power also to me means action in some form that we're not just, uh, fading away.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that would be one of the the other 90 year olds that I, I had mm-hmm. six 90 plus year olds at one time that were still in this class and they were the go getters. And the, the one yeah. had retired at 88. He was like, I just retired wow. a couple years ago. And he did it because he's like, this is my purpose. This is what gets me up and going. And he loved it. And then we ended up playing ping pong after class every time. <laughs> He was very good. He would be. Um, you know, he has since passed on at, you Mm -hmm. know, but he was 97 when he passed on and like lived a great life. And so those were, I mean, those to me are just the inspiring. And I think he was awake to like his potential. But I would agree with you that, you know, with the tapping into your potential, just as you had said when your friend had given you the book, you weren't just quite there yet. Mm -hmm. And weren't aware to that. You know, you're just weren't open to it. And I think maybe that's what you see in some of the, you know, the population as we get to those crone years is that it's there, but they just haven't quite awakened or, um, maybe they shoved it down and uh, who knows how it's going to come out.
1: Right. And yeah, for some people, it's just not in this lifetime, Yes,
0: (laughs) yes, but in the next, (laughs) Yes. yes, totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so I want to know a little bit too, when you had tapped on like the, the maiden and the motherhood, so like Mm -hmm. the maiden and motherhood, if people are hearing that for the first time, if they're like motherhood, well, I'm not a mom and I I don't want to be a mom. Can I still go through that motherhood, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of phase? Can you share a little bit about that too?
1: Yeah, I do feel that you can. Um, and I do feel that many women do like with pets or with other things that they care for, even with projects, even with their work, like I don't know how you describe your business, but I do feel that Falcon Healing Arts is like another baby. So I do feel that a lot of women do step into that mother role at some point in those years. Mm. And it's just this nurturing quality that comes out in them, even with their relationships with friends. Like There is this nurturing quality that you don't actually have to have a biological child, um, a human child to feel that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: what do you think? I'm curious.
0: Yeah, no, I feel the same way. I don't, I mean, I don't think you have to have, you know, birth child, adopted Mm -hmm. child, any of that to have go through those motherhood years. And yeah, I think it is just part of part of the journey. And in Ayurveda, you know, when I kind of look at those, the, the three, I'm like the doshas, you know, you're, you're going through the three different stages and that's kind of the pitta stage of life is that Mm -hmm. motherhood time. And so typically we got a lot going on and we're, we're working on, Something you know whether it is raising children, whether it's your job, you know whether it's keeping the household together, whatever that is, it's kind of the the brunt of those you know in quotations like working years.
1: And I haven't thought about that with the doshas, so that's very interesting to bring up. Wow
0: yeah, I know the, the threes they're very very promising yes yeah. <laughs> well, I would anyway. love to know you have an eight week coaching program pathway to mm-hmm. empowerment. Can you share a little bit about that if people are um, interested in working with you further?
1: yes uh, this is my signature program that I am so proud of <laughs> because I feel like this is what people need when they want a quick transformation mm. so when people have this desire it is quite often because they're sick of the way things are <laughs> in their life so not everyone I understand is is ready for this but those who are gain a lot of experience through this eight week period. I do have shamanism as the basis for it, because that's where we get a lot of information. Um, But of course, they come into the program with their own desires of how they want to transform, again, focusing on the outcome. And so someone might come into this. It's usually women that I work with um, who are wanting to feel more secure, making a transition, or maybe it's becoming more secure. And again, you know, as they're moving through their um, from the mother to crone years, uh, because with that, with the empty nesters, <laughs> there is a lot of identity crisis that can go with that. Um, but quite often, it is more spiritual depth that they are desiring, and they may not even realize that as they're articulating what they want from this program, but quite often that is where we go. So the shamanic work really helps with that. But I bring in all my other modalities too. So it's six Zoom sessions that we have, but there's coaching in between. And that's where I bring in all my other modalities. So if it's a yoga practice, they need a certain yoga or a certain meditation practice that is especially suited for them. um, I provide that. And I also include a human design reading in that as well as a bonus because it just helps them to understand who they are even better. I know you're familiar with human design too, and it is really helpful to look at it from that point of view as well. So uh, yeah, it's all encompassing, but it is more quick because we can be doing all this work with my holistic healing sessions, very spread out. Um, But again, it's how quick do they want the transformation and sometimes like how bad are things (laughs) like, do we need to shift something immediately? Or is this something that we can just play with over time?
0: I want to just another follow-up question to the spiritual. I just got an email right before we got on and it was someone transitioning out of the fitness wellness space and more Mm -hmm. into the spiritual. And she was seeing people were you know, yes, this might be the thing, but she was finding that people really wanted a deeper connection to spirit or yes. to something, a higher power. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you kind of just pull on that thread just a little bit? Because I've probably seen that in the last couple of years as well of just that that connection to something deeper more than just yourself. So when you we're talking about it from a you know shamanism point of view, what does that kind of look
1: like? So with shamanism, we are working with direct revelation. It is a direct connection to spirit, to God, to the universe, whatever you want to call it. And that's why I like this work too, um, because you do need to be spiritually open, but it doesn't need to be defined. Like it could be whatever for whoever. And um, so it's dependent on on your limits really. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's our connection with spirit that helps us move forward with just more faith and trust that things are going to work out. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, these last few years, a lot of people have been tested. Um, They have put a lot of their faith in authority figures, um, certain systems that are not solid. And it's because they've put too much of their power into something else. In shamanism, our power is associated with our connection to spirit. Mm -hmm. There is no distinction. Like Mm -hmm. it's acknowledging that we were made um, with love and that we were made for a special, specific purpose. So it's all coming back to that connection. And even as a practitioner, this is what's different from working with other modalities is I always come back to the shamanic piece. And from this, I could do whatever it's because I am connecting directly with spirit. And so what it looks like typically is working with power animal spirits, which you've probably heard of. Mm -hmm. Um, So And this is with cultures all over the world. This is one thing in common, the power animal spirit, and that we use shamanic journeys to connect in with them. We don't always have to do a journey to do this work in this ordinary reality. Um, but we do need that connection. If we don't have a power animal spirit, it said that we do not have power. Mm. And that is when we become ill. This is when we become confused. This is when we become addictive to something else um, and put our, our power, all our faith into other things that are external to us. So um, I don't remember your original question, (laughs) but it is all about this connection to spirit. That we we work shamanically. That's what it means to to work shamanically is to work directly aligned with spirit. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that definitely answered it because that was okay. Good, (laughs) that (laughs) clarified it. I didn't. I mean, I actually I didn't know any of that. That was the Mm -hmm. main. That was the main purpose or um, source. So that's really cool to hear.
1: Oh, I did want to say a bit more about that, because this is, I think, where practitioners um, and even energy healers get stuck is when we don't have that connection, it could feel like it's all coming from us. Mm -hmm. And that's where ego gets in the way, which can stall a person's progress who are trying to heal. um, But it could also stall our progress as as a healer and really the potential there, because it's coming from us that's what we think there's all that pressure too but when we're acknowledging that we're really this channel of energy and wisdom even you know everything that's coming in even everything i'm saying now i'm like trusting that this is what needs to be heard by your listeners so it's always going back to that connection
0: mm. Mm. that makes sense i i mean i've heard other people you know probably reference it but again this would have been probably five six years ago and at that time I was like okay I get it but not get it but you yes. know and that's where I also have um women who run with wolves love that book
1: mm-hmm. but
0: anytime that I have people who are like mm, not I I couldn't get into it. I didn't like it. I'm like okay put it down come back to it in a few years. And that's kind of I feel like what you just shared some mm-hmm. listeners might be the same way. They might be like whoa don't quite understand that. Right. but It would be one where you're like, okay, that's okay for right now. Like just come back in a couple of years. Cause it's wherever we're at in our own growth and whatever we're, we're open to hearing or mm-hmm. listening to, and it's going to be, it's going to be different for everyone. And you know, when those things open and, um, you know, take us down there and we hear it when we need to hear it. Yep. love it. Love it. Well, thank you, Brandy. Um, I want to know where people can connect with you. What's your website, social media that you do like to hang out on?
1: Okay. Um, FalconHealingArts.com is my website and Falcon Healing Arts is my name on Instagram and Facebook. I also have a YouTube channel and that is Brandy Falcon. I have quite an extensive list of videos there that can help people jumpstart their holistic healing.
0: Yeah, I was checking it out before I interviewed oh, thank you and you. I was like, you have a ton, ton of videos. I so,
1: do have a lot of videos.
0: <laughs> you can geek out on our YouTube channel for sure. Awesome,
1: well, I just you. have
0: one final question for you. I always like to end with a weekly challenge. And then when mm-hmm. I have a guest on, I have you throw out the challenge to everyone. So, what would you like it to be this week?
1: I feel that we can all be communing more with nature. So somehow. Um, whether it's just stepping outside and listening to the birds or actually going for a walk and realizing that there are all these trees who are also living beings around us, just being in nature but taking it another step more that again that that we are a microcosm of nature and we're a part of this bigger, family, like see if you can bring your mind there, like actually realize how many beings are around you. That's perfect. And then you can awesome. tie it in with Ayurveda <laughs> yourself here. Yes.
0: If, you're, if you're into Ayurveda and you're like, Ooh, cause at this time, you know, as this is going to be airing, it's a great transition into that spring and Kapha energy and just kind of looking around at the mud and noticing those heavy qualities. And then how do, are they show up in your own body? You know, maybe you've got more mucus and more colds and junk going on while well, looking outside. What is it outside? What is the weather? What is nature doing? And that's more likely what's to come to the body. Yeah. And then in Ayurveda, how do you find the balance? We do like increases, like and opposites heal. So if there's a lot of gunk and heaviness, we need more lighterness inside. So yeah. that would be nature a great. Nature helps us diet. relate. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brandy. I love chatting with you and um, getting to listen to you and definitely check out her YouTube channel and um, check out all of her other stuff that she does. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Andrea. It was my pleasure.
0: Yes, and everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power.